Nintendo Week is brought to you by Earl's Pokemon Academy. Not the only school that's worth less than nothing. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Nintendo Week for the end of weeks of June 2018 through September 2020. I am your host, Colin McIsaac, joined by Alex Plant. You know, we're in COVID world, and I believe that that was a week with how things have been going. (laughs) (laughs) And welcome, Lee Albanese. Hi, I'm new. (laughs) Yes, yes, says Tom Nook. After four seconds of hearing them on this very show, we can finally confirm the rumors that Nintendo Week is back. We are not happy about the pandemic. It is indeed a terrible thing. But uh, between that and, you know, just life, the way life is now, you know, we're back. We we got some new co-hosts we can rotate. It looks like, knock on wood, your favorite Nintendo podcast is Max Revived. We've got a great show for you today. We are going to catch up on all the biggest news that we have had since quarantine. But before we dig into that, I do want to walk you through six changes we'll be making to our show. So I apologize in advance for the monologue here. But you know, it's going to be a good time. So first off, you may have noticed the new podcast art that may or may not exist, TBD, <laughs> but either way, we are now an independent production, no longer an extension of Gamnesia. That site has become a sort of like a memes and internet fun hub, not so much the like gaming news that it was um, in our prior run, so no more link dumps, no more tie-ins. If you want a site in that old spirit of the good old days, I do encourage you to check out Nintendo Enthusiast, where our old pal Ben works. But as for this show, we're really just going to focus on being a podcast. Two, there is officially no more lightning round. It was nice for its time, but I don't think anyone really wanted or needed it. I feel like it kind of just like takes a lot of showtime and prep time, and we're going to be talking about all the stories that we feel are worth talking about anyway. And if you like sites like Nintendo Enthusiast, even just on Twitter, then you'll be getting that content as it arrives online. Replacing it will be a new segment called eShop Shoutouts. Besides fun viral stuff, a lot of the lightning round was about like indie games and smaller deal third-party stuff. So instead of just running like headline bites in hopes that they catch your attention, uh, I think we'd be doing those titles a much greater service by dedicating a solid like five, ten minutes talk about them to focus on one cool game that you can get on the cheap. Four, our post-break discussions took a lot of shapes in the past, but moving forward, we will be focusing on the segments that I think were really the best of the best, so that's going to be the Glitz Pit debate specials, the Dreamland, Dreamland lists, uh, current events in games book club, we don't really have a fun name for that, and maybe we'll find one and a stronger theme for the segment along the way, but for now, that's going to encapsulate a couple different themes that we separated in the past, like current events and what we've been playing and review type talks, as well as community highlights, where we'll bring on guests doing cool stuff around games to talk about their work. And introducing retrospectives, which uh, will give us a great chance to reflect on our favorite games and moments and experiences with Nintendo throughout the years. Five, we've got some new co-hosts we're going to be rotating out throughout the weeks, so I hope you enjoy. Final point you may not like as much, 
But it seems like during the pandemic, there won't be enough news to even have a weekly show. So for now, the plan is new episodes monthly. And I imagine that as we'll get back in the swing of making podcasts for you guys, we'll be able to ramp that up, replacing news segments with other stuff, you know, like, I don't know, Donkey Kong Country 2 just came out on the eShop. That's, you know, there's there's game releases even when there aren't game releases. So we're going to play it by ear, but I'd rather under-promise and over-deliver delivered than vice versa so hopefully with that said you are in for a nice surprise we'll get episodes a little bit more than monthly before we get to the news let's check in for our listeners a lot of you guys haven't really heard much from us since going off the air so i wanted to take a moment with alex and a quick call in from ben just to say hi how you doing and get to know lee as well so alex what's up man how you been i'm back yeah Uh, i'm back from outer space uh, you went to space? That's pretty galaxy. impressive. Um, yeah, I mean, anything can happen in COVID dreamland. Um, yeah, I've, I've been good. Uh, I've been, I had, I've been in a weird place where I am working harder than ever, but I also don't have to commute. So that means I've also been playing more video games. Hey, that's good news. Uh, killing that backlog that I keep accumulating. <laughs> so uh, t- t- it's good to be back on the show. Maybe I can. Maybe talking about my backlog will actually inspire me to get through it and inspire some of you to check out some of the cool games that we've been playing. Good. Nice, nice. Xenoblade on there? Or have you, you had enough? I, I, be, I beat it again on Switch. Uh, <laughs> okay, yeah, of course. It took a while, but I did it. <laughs> um, and Lee, how are you? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I mean, I'm, I'm just chilling. Uh, I was that part of the show before, so this is all new to me. Yeah, lots Do of new experiences. Do you want to give the fans a little little introduction? A little taste, but little taste. Yeah, I mean, I um, I mean, I'm a, I'm a 2020 grad. Woo! Woo. Uh, just basically, you know, tr- trying to stay alive during the pandemic. I yeah. uh, write for the offline TV podcast. I do some voiceover. My experience with games is kind of wide and varied and i feel like i do a little bit of everything um sure. and that's kind of, i mean that's kind of it i'm just i'm just chilling man i just try to get nice. through it <laughs> um and for some listeners reference to uh lee, lee and i worked uh together at usc we both yes, went to we the did. theater school there so we um got that connection we got lots of content on the youtubes if you want to blackmail us someday in the future uh, <laughs> i won't make it easy for you but it's there it's very easy for me there's all there's enough content <laughs> out there it would be very easy to blackmail me <laughs> yeah <laughs> um great and then um I, we haven't planned this super well so i guess it's just gonna come in now we're gonna talk to ben ben Ben! What's up, Ben? I'm doing pretty well. Um, staying busy. Like I said, you know, the whole world's crazy with COVID and everything, but I was already yeah. working from home, from home beforehand, so it's not like it was yeah, right? you know, that huge of a lifestyle change for me, but yeah, I live in Illinois, so everything is still pretty much closed down here, so life's kind of mm-hmm. boring. Okay. I remember when, when this was all first starting and sites like IGN, like all their podcasts were transitioning to home stuff, and they were like, oh, this is so hard, and I was like, ha. <laughs> yeah yeah no kidding it's it's um, um you know it's gonna change the world you know we're gonna come out of this on the other side and i think a lot of businesses are gonna rethink the way they do business because oh, you know yeah. they've had to for a year so i part of me also kind of thinks like a bunch of them will actually just 
go straight back to normal and pretend <laughs> nothing happened. Yeah, it, it might depend on, I like, the... I think people uh, want to not change. It might depend on, like, the, the age of, like, the average executive at the company. <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> um, In my day, we didn't have the internet. As for um, the video games, what you've been what you've been playing in the last two years? <laughs> <laughs> well, lately I have been playing this hip new game. Uh, I mean, you probably never heard of it. It's so underground, but it's called Minecraft. And I gotta tell you, ooh, that's good. new to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just uh, I got a server like with some family and friends and uh, oh, like cool. a former roommate and everything. And it's uh, you know it's just a good relaxing game. I like building stuff. I good. like uh, making castles and temples and stuff. So. Yeah, I saw the that big, big one you posted on Facebook. I don't remember the name of it, but yeah. that was really impressive. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've made a few. Um, I think I think you might be talking about it's actually uh, the Tower of Babel. It's called Adamenim Key. Adamenim Key. Yeah, yeah. Sounds you like nailed a it. Perfect. You speak uh, perfect Babylonian. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, yeah. Other than that, like lately, I've been you know playing a little Pokemon DLC. I'm really into uh, you know competitive and the whole meta game and everything. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of like uh, Smogon and the Battle Showdown Simulator and all that. Do you have a team of six, or do you sort of have a bunch of battlers? Uh, yeah, I have like uh, more like a team of twenty, and I kind of mix and match and try <laughs> to find you know a good yeah. team core that works. So solid. Yeah. Nice. Um, yeah, I haven't been playing much of the DLC, but that's a mm-hmm. good... Sword and Shield were really good. Yeah. And, you know, I was kind of out of the competitive scene for a while, because I didn't really get into, like, uh, like Z-moves and all that, and uh, just Gen 7 in general I wasn't <laughs> super hyped about, but, you know, a lot of people hated that Gen 8 cut the Pokedex back to... Um, only 600 or whatever, but... Uh, I've caught a billion of you guys a billion times before. I didn't care about that at all. <laughs> yeah, but, like, it's actually, you know, I really like the way the uh, the competitive is balanced this generation, so it's been nice. It, you know, you still nice. have, like, literally hundreds of choices, but it's not as overwhelming yeah. as it was before, so... Yeah. Um, cool. Uh, what do you think of Min Min? I <laughs> I guess we'll actually get there on the news in a bit. I, but, uh, I actually still it. haven't tried her out. I'm a terrible Smash fan. Really? Like I haven't touched Smash in a few months just because I haven't really uh, haven't really had anyone to spar with. You know, I like playing Smash on oh, the yeah? couch. You know, when I can turn and talk trash yeah. to the person sitting right next to me. So. <laughs> Yeah, it's a lot more fun than just yelling at the TV by yourself and rage quitting online. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah, I, I definitely want to get back into it. It's just like you know, I've been kind of waiting for that that couch co op experience and everything. So nice. Okay. Um, couple rattle off a couple uh, DLC picks you want. Oh God. Um, how about uh, the night from Hollow Knight? I'm always okay with that. Okay. Um, I'll have Trace from Axiom Verge. I'm always okay. This is just going to be a list of indies that I love. That's what, yeah. <laughs> that's what you're going to get out of me. That's great. <laughs> but yeah, actually, I went back and uh, beat Hollow Knight again recently, and Axiom Verge, all the Metroidvanias, in preparation for mm-hmm. their sequels, which are both on the way. <laughs> um, I interviewed Tom Happ again. It's probably been at least six months by now, but after after seeing like the Axiom Verge 2 trailer and everything, I had to get in touch with him because you know that's yeah. always been one of my favorites so absolutely well cool um did i ever used to introduce the news or did it I just go to the i don't remember figure it out 
This year in gaming news, in Gamer, we had uh, the very first Pokemon Presents presentation. It was like a Nintendo Direct. And then immediately afterwards, we had the second Pokemon Presents presentation. And I remember that was a whole issue, too, but it's been a couple months, so... Uh, I have really odd memories of the first Pokemon Presents because, you know, of course, this was before pandemic. This was in January. I happened Mm -hmm. to be, like, on vacation at the time in, like, a foreign country. So I remember we were were going into the island where we were going to be visiting on on a little tender boat. And I was trying to get it to stream over, you know, the data, international data. And I remember that's how I got the the news. Um uh so yeah that was it was really cool to find out about what was sort of coming to pokemon sword and shield over the over the year uh while i was on vacation uh, um uh so that, that i mean was the, the so dlc has been pretty cool so far the pokemon um, presents was in like april or may or so i i mean i i've lost all sense of what any sort of timeline is here like it all feels like yeah, the Zelda mess <laughs> in the real world what happened in January? I don't think was the first Pokemon Presents. Was that a Sword and Shield DLC event, or I think that was the Sword and Shield? Oh DLC yeah, okay, yeah, okay. probably. I think so. Um, so there was that in January. The Pokemon Presents more recently had like a Pokemon toothbrushing game and Pokemon Cafe mix, like a puzzle game with a really cute. I art. have things to say Good. about Pokemon Good. Cafe Go mix. Go for it. I have spent. Hours and hours of my life on this game. I have stayed up until like 4 a.m. on days that I have to be up early playing this game because I cannot get it out of my head. Okay. Um, um, it reminds me a yeah. lot of this game Pokemon Shuffle that came out. Like, uh, honestly, yeah. like during actually, I think the last run of Nintendo <laughs> Week. Um, but like an improved version because the art is a lot better and like it's. Uh, I guess shuffle. It, it came seems to conceptually mobile like it's got more of a cohesive theme to it, yeah. which is cool. I haven't actually touched it, so yeah, Lee, you're I played have like to it's, it's, no, it's fun. Obsessed. It's very tangible. Like if we're talking about like actual gameplay, it's it just it feels really good to play. It feels better than like it just like like the normal kind of Candy Crush type game, which I feel is what shuffle was, right? This is yeah, like I think so. it's it, it you like draw you connect all of the Pokemon together and stuff. It's just like it's just so good. I can't. Say, it's hard to describe. It is very good because and it's free to it's play, just really right? good. I also, think I got it for free it is, on mobile. It's free to play. It's free, free to play, and then systems. also. Good. It's also the difficulty curve is wild. The first, I don't know, 75 levels, psh, no problem. I can get through it easy. And then all of a sudden it gets super duper hard and you actually have to think about what you're doing, <laughs> uh, which for me is very fun. I don't know how many children love that. because, I, Or maybe I'm dumb because I have trouble with it, but maybe children don't. Maybe that's a me problem and not like a world problem. Uh, the but children yeah. are better gamers than we are, so mm-hmm. that makes sense. They so are. Is true. You're right. <laughs> but yeah, no, you get to like upgrade your cafe, and Ooh. you can have like you like build up friendship points with the Pokemon that visit. So you can have like like I got Squirtle, who Squirtle's my favorite Pokemon, and I had him on my team, and I was like, yes, I'm finally friends with Squirtle, and I felt like so good about myself. So it's it's a good time. I will good. show you. I'll sh- I'll send you a screenshot of my cafe because I've upgraded it pretty Heck far. Yeah, I am on order one sixty right now. Okay. So. Okay. 
Yeah, it's a good time. Cool. Um, so what's next from the Pokemon Presents is uh, Mega Evolutions and Pokemon Go. Um, from my understanding, they were totally different than Mega Evolutions in Pokemon games. I also don't play Pokemon Go anymore. So I, I did not, yeah, clearly yeah. I did not do the research to explain this news. <laughs> Which is another change our show may, might be making. <laughs> We've become a little older, a little more jaded, a little lazier. Uh, yeah, they've, they've been having a hard push to get people to try to play it from home, and it's just not... It's just not, it doesn't have the same appeal, I think. I could use it as an excuse to go for more walks, and maybe I should, because the gut is expanding, but, um... I mean, yeah, listen, listen, was the pandemic a good time to start picking up Pokemon Go again? Yeah, for sure. Where are you going? Did I do it? No. You, around your neighborhood. I get, well, actually... For a walk, mask. <laughs> True. But, uh, one, one thing I did forget was actually in response to the pandemic, Pokemon Go introduced a lot of new features to play at home, which is, first of all, really ironic. Uh, second of all, maybe I should have checked them out. Next up uh, in this bullet list, I have Isle of Armor event, but I don't know what that means. Presumably something about the Isle of Armor DLC. Um, That came out. It came out, which is great news for us all. Then, new Pokemon Snap was announced! They're making a new Pokemon Snap game for Nintendo Switch. It's made by Bandai Namco. It's going to have a bunch more Pokemon the interesting thing is it's called New Pokemon Snap. It's not like Pokemon Snap 2 or like... It looks like the areas from the original have been redesigned to incorporate more Pokemon. Um, but it's still just really not clear exactly like how this is going to shape up. What did you guys think of this announcement? I mean, you mentioned the new new name and it's, it's just reminding me how lately it feels like Game Freak is like... 10 years behind where the rest of Nintendo has moved over the <laughs> yeah. last few years. Uh, so the, you know, the naming convention certainly uh, is, is one of those things. Uh, people have also talked about graphics in the Pokemon games. Mm. just kind of moving along at a, at a slow crawl. Yeah. Um, but despite that, like uh, my first reaction to this was people have been begging for this for so long that I had just completely given up on them ever doing it. I surely, you know, they mm-hmm. would have done it before now. Uh, so like that was that made it a really nice surprise. Nice. Um I I, yeah. I, I I I do feel like it's perfectly in character to make a new Pokemon Snap game. I wouldn't say that I like gave up hope. But um it's strange to me the direction that it's taking. I would think that it would have either gone like a like gorgeous HD remake of the original or just a new game with new Pokemon entirely. And I, I'm just still confused as to what their angle on this one is. Yeah, like it's new a new Pokemon Snap help. game, but what is it yeah. doing that makes me want to play? Right, right. How I new feel like is they might this? just be. Yeah, I think they might just be banking on like people have good memories of Pokemon Snap, so they're yeah. going to buy this one. Yeah. Not to be reductive, but like. I mean, that's not a bad it's, strategy. It's accurate, but... though, too. It's, being reductive <laughs> yeah. is not necessarily incongruous with being a descriptive. Um, yeah, yeah. Look at I, you, I SAT vocab like... words. Mm-hmm. He graduated. I'm not even Ivy League. Uh, where, where was I? I don't know. 
That's really all I have to say about Pokemon <laughs> Snap. You sure said it. We are doing great. Um, <laughs> and finally, they announced... So here was the funny thing, is at the end of this Direct, they were like, hey, we're coming back hot a week from today with another Pokemon Presents. We got some news that's going to blow your freaking mind. We just got Pokemon Snap... And we're going to one-up this, um, apparently, with a, a, a mobile uh, battle arena game. No one cared. <laughs> I don't even have the name in the show notes, because everyone said this sucks. It's Pokemon Unite. It was Unite. weird that followed up the really exciting announcements with, like, much less exciting I know. announcements. Why did they not just put You'd one think it'd be the other way around? Or or that yeah I probably didn't have the trailer ready. Um, I, maybe, but just hold everything off for a week. What Pokemon Cafe <laughs> mix has to be announced immediately? Toothbrush Pokemon. Yeah, I would game? argue yes. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a game of the year contender. Pokemon but... Smile. <laughs> have you guys used it? I mean, how good is your dental hygiene? Don't knock until you try it my, i mean mine's all right but like i gotta get my wisdom teeth oh out really this week, so not you're gonna have good, i guess uh, yeah not fun oh boy here's some lovely copy from june min man is coming to super smash bros ultimate as the first new fighter in its second wave of dlc director masahiro sakurai held a 35 minute video presentation to show off this new challenger from arms releasing on june 29th she comes with the stage Spring Stadium featuring spring pads, a few overhead barriers, and item drones alongside nearly every piece of music from the original game. June 29th also marks the release of new Mii Fighter costumes, including ARMS's Ninjara, Splatoon's Callie and Marie, the Fallout series Vault Boy, and the return of Tekken's Heihachi outfit from the 3DS and Wii U versions of Smash. Sakurai also revealed the amiibo for Joker and Hero, both releasing this fall, stating that while there are no promises... They are trying to produce an amiibo for every one of the game's DLC characters now that the base roster's lineup is complete. And it sounds like they're not releasing any updated amiibo for characters whose appearances have changed since Smash 4, so I believe that's just the Triforce trio, if I'm not mistaken. But Yeah. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but Banjo-Kazooie is the only one I really want. Uh, yeah. Me too. Yeah, so Min Min was kind of a surprise to me just because I expected one of the characters that seemed to be more popular globally, whereas Min Min is mostly popular in Japan. Uh, I know Sakurai has always sort of favored characters popular in Japan, and so maybe that shouldn't have surprised me. But with Smash Bros. Ultimate, it feels like he's been favoring, you know, characters that are popular in the West a little bit more. Uh so I had higher hopes for someone like Twintel who would bring Twintel a little bit more diversity cool. to the roster. Uh, but maybe we'll talk more about Smash Hopes and Dreams <laughs> later. I will say about Min Min, I feel like she's a good, like, representative choice for the series, whereas, like, um, Twintel's a great character, but, like, her arms are hair, and so, like, it's not, like, arms. I don't, yeah. Um, That's a bit of a nitpick, yeah. but okay. No, it is, it is, but I feel like Min Min was a good choice. The way they executed Min Min, I feel justified picking Min Min, where they chose the specific arms that I feel like went really well with the character uh, to be, be gameplay elements. So, like, it, it works for me, but it just wasn't really what I expected. And I, I think Min... 
Twin Tell's gameplay sort of gimmick too is is almost essentially like witch time for Bayonetta, and so having someone with like the yeah. dragon claw not claws, but you know what I'm talking about. The dragon heads and the megawatts. I feel like just works a little bit better dragon in terms hair. of variety, which is nice. I also noticed, and I don't want to get anyone's hopes up here, but he did change his tune from the previous Smash announcement where he said there are no plans for new content beyond the second wave of DLC. This time, which now at this point is in June, uh, but this time he said very subtly, this isn't verbatim, but it was something along the lines of, like, coronavirus makes things difficult, we're progressing as we can, and he said he can promise at least five more DLC fighters. So do we think it's possible they go beyond a second wave? Uh, I think it could be. I think they might be done making brand new fighters and might pivot to something more like Echo Fighters, which are Mm. criminally underutilized given how they emphasize them with this game. I would love an Echo Pack. Uh, Yeah. So I hope that's where they go because that'd be like an easy way for them to turn around new content without having to completely balance a new fighter. It could also be, like, uh, if they, like, make a new fighter sort of one at a time. Like, I could see a pack that's, like, Isaac from Golden Sun with Felix as yeah, an echo fighter. Yeah. It's, like, one please, by, and you please. get the duel. Right? Yeah, yeah. Was a, all right. All there right. was a little bit when I was disappointed when they were talking about how there are going to be no echo fighters with the, the fighter packs. Because I thought that yeah. would have been a nice strategy to sort of Put Shadow you know, in there. bring in more characters. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if they paired them with new fighters, like you were saying. I, it would have been so cool, right, if they had had a new Echo in every single pack. So, like, we got... Well, I don't know who would have been in Min Min's. But let's say we get a Dixie Kong character pack, and then Funky Kong is an easy Echo. We've got an Isaac character pack. Felix is the Echo. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Make it even more ultimate. Um, and Vault Boy marks the second AAA company to get a me costume in Super Smash Bros. without any playable fighters. So that's now we've got Bethesda, which surprise, surprise, as of yesterday, as of recording, is uh, now owned by Microsoft. Yeah. Um, with Banjo Kazooie and Smash, there's not re- a really a whole lot of conflict there, but uh, that is a change of events since these deals were. Put it's, together, it's, it's technically more my, Microsoft reps and Smash. So. Technically more Microsoft reps, uh, but the other one is Altair, uh, Assassin's Creed character from Ubisoft. Yeah, odd, odd um, choice, mm-hmm. I would say. I thought it'd be someone like Ezio or you know Cassandra or I'm something. Suspicious from, from... whether it means yeah. we've got like Bethesda and Ubisoft representatives down the line, though. If they choose like kind of a weirdo, well, if for they're going DLC through the legal cost, full hurdles, offense, it is possible. <laughs> yeah, because um, I I feel like Rayman is the obvious choice there, and then Doomslayer or um, Dragonborn. From I Skyrim. would pay good money for Doomslayer. BJ Blazkowicz. For who? <laughs> for BJ Blazkowicz. Yes. Oh, I don't know who that is. Wolfenstein, Wolfenstein, oh, the shooty guy. Oh, or he could fill out the family and add Commander Keenan there. Hmm. Commander Keenan. These are references beyond oh, my years. Colin is. Colin, you guys are too young to know Commander Keenan, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, still. so aside, uh, in the Bethesda canon, uh, there's a family of characters. Uh, there's B.J. Blazkowicz, who is from okay. you know, killing Nazis era. 
There's Commander Keen, who I believe is his son, who is a, a kid who builds a spaceship out of junk he finds around his parents' house. And awesome. in the future, there's Doom Slayer, who's the grandson of B.J. Blazkowicz. Uh, so that's oh, their Oh, wow! Of, their canon is they're all related, and those are their, their, some of their big, uh, big the big id uh, IP. That's really cool. I never knew that. Yeah. Okay, uh, awesome. Doom Slayer for Smash, representing so I mean, the whole put them all in Smash. <laughs> Bring the whole family. Yeah, get the alts in there. Oh, good stuff. Okay, well, that's cool. Um, That brings us, I suppose, to Paper Mario, the Origami King. The closest that we have received in a new entry in the Paper Mario series in a long, long time. Um, how how do you all feel about it? Yeah, so I, I guess I'm fortunate to have skipped all the, the ones that have come out since 3DS, so I didn't play what is it sticker star didn't play color splash didn't play paper jam if you can consider that a paper mario game so i didn't have any baggage about any of those games going into this one and i actually had a pretty good time i didn't love the battle system uh every now and then it was kind of neat to see how they played with the whole puzzle aspect of it but then it got old after you know they kept leaning on the same puzzle patterns over and over yeah i did stop Eh. around world four i'm like on the open sea and i'm like this is the same game still i don't know wasn't Mm. compelled to finish it but i did have a great time that uh, for the time that i spent in that world yeah, I'm a heathen and I've never played a Paper Mario game. What? <gasps> what? Yeah, I know, I know. So then, uh, coming into this one, you it didn't it didn't compel you to start here. No, I've been told yeah. that I should, <laughs> and I believe that, that. But yeah, I just it it never it never happened for me. I think, uh, long-time listeners, you will remember that we uh, were very, very down on Paper Mario Color Splash, and then the game came out, and I was like, hey, this is kind of actually really super freaking awesome, Um, except the battle system. Everything else is super freaking awesome. Origami King is very much in the same vein. It's very much like a continuation of Color Splash, and it... (laughs) <laughs> for better or worse, it deserves the legacy of Color Splash, which I think is for better. I think that game is uh, given a little too much criticism, uh, more so than it's due. And what carries those games is is the writing, right? I wouldn't say that's or what would carries it. I think that's fun set dressing, and it's a shame that we've gotten to a point where that's the number one praise that everyone gives the series. Does that make sense? Yeah, like I mean, it, I agree it had really say. robust, great RPG mechanics in the past. It was like a really fun narrative adventure where the writing was and also really the good. The level design and, was pretty okay, especially yeah. in the first game, and to an extent in, in Super Paper Mario. But sometimes. now, when every battle is uh, just like kind of a coin fest, and it's just the exact same puzzle system over and over again, and like it's frankly just boring. Well, oh, maybe the battle system is just the friends you make along the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, the writing is still good, but um, I do feel like the fact that it's become such a focus is kind of inherently a problem with mm. the series right now. Um, it's not to say that it's not good, but just like the gameplay experience should be a lot richer. The core loop that you're going through shouldn't be one where we're noticing the writing as the primary success yeah. of this game. One other thing, and maybe you can 
you can shed some light on this since you've, I think you've played the other Paper Mario games. I feel like Paper Mario and Thousand Year Door both felt like they were set in the Mario universe, and then, uh, like, they were using the paper to do gags and as sort of like a story, oh, this is part of a story, like that was sort of the frame for the narrative. Mm -hmm. But now I feel like we're entering a world where Paper Mario is actually a world set in a paper universe, and that is, like, essential to the story. Yeah, no, I, uh, I would totally I, agree with that. I do kind of miss that Paper Mario was a way to sort of push the boundaries of the Mario universe. It doesn't really feel that way anymore. It feels like we're gonna do a bunch of fun paper gags, and that's that's the that's the world we're in. Yeah, and there's a weird sort of. All right, stick with me. So Paper Mario 64 is like the first time that we've seen like Toad Town and the castle and just this paper riff on the Mario universe. And Thousand Year Door, like, yeah, we went to Rogueport. We saw an extension of that universe grounded in the same place. Like it starts at Mario's house. The the partner characters from the first game make reappearances. Like the items and everything, the systems all return. And so it's its, it's own central universe in a sort of way whereas super paper mario then you're hopping through all these different dimensions and portals and then sticker star reinvents toad town you're at a new paper castle a new like it's the same area in theory but the fact that they've reinvented it there and then again in color splash and then again in origami king it's like in a way even though these are the same locations they are different every time structurally and it's it's it loses a sense of cohesion that the first two games had. It, it it doesn't feel placed in any sensical way in the Mario universe, whereas the first couple games it felt like, okay, so this is a paper version. It's almost like every new game recreates the paper universe. And that feels just really bland and out of place and, and stale at this point, frankly, when they don't let the creators shake it up every new game. We could never get a rogue port today. We could never get like all these Mario characters with any sort of different aesthetic. We just couldn't have that sort of creative spin on it because they won't let that happen. It's all just Goombas and Koopas and all the toads look the same. No one gets any names. You don't get any partners. Like, it's just Mario. It's just Mario over and over again. It's paper this time. And guess what? He's paper this time. Great. Yeah. I, I will say, this, despite that, I think they did an okay job, like, justifying what, what what is this origami thing and what how is it does it relate to this universe we've created so sure. like it ended up being okay like it ended up having its own self-contained world which was which worked pretty well for me yeah but um so i'm not i don't want to knock on the game like i don't want to say the game is bad or the games the world is bad because it doesn't do this thing that i want it to do sure. but um it 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 is a thing that i miss yeah uh, anyway and just to, to add on top of that, like, again, um, and I, I feel like uh, the angle that we've taken with the Origami King has been uh, slightly critical. Um, it's a great game, um, and it's the one in recent Paper Mario history that the most people have resonated with. And I, I do think that, in a way, that's sort of the acceptance of the Sticker Star or Color Splash formula. Just sort of, it's been so long, people kind of know that we're not going to get well the i think part of it back. too is is it it's a game that has a lot of heart and you can see that as you play it even if yeah. it's not the the successor that you want like it, it's it's doing its own thing and it's very it's it's somewhat confident about the thing that it's doing uh yeah and and so it, it works in the end yeah at least it did for me 
It did for me too. Um, I guess not enough to beat it, but <laughs> to enjoy it, and that's not what matters. Have to be beaten. Exactly. Yeah. Kingdom Hearts Melody of Memory is a rhythm game coming to Switch or came to Switch. I wrote this in June. Who knows what's happened now? <laughs> but it's coming in November? Question mark. Let me double check. Yep, November eleventh. Not like a full Kingdom Hearts game. People still kind of want those for Switch, but it sounds like those aren't really going to happen until we get a Switch Pro. Yeah, uh, odd choice to announce this as the first Kingdom Hearts game coming to Switch. I think I would have thought they could easily, easily get those yeah. those retro collections on yeah. there at least. Yeah, for sure. Um, also, not so weird choice for Tetsuya Nomura to decide that the next Kingdom Hearts game needs to be a weird spinoff that very few people are going to play, uh, <laughs> because. We know how well that's <laughs> gelled with people so far. That basically is Kingdom um, Hearts. Yeah, that's the MO. <laughs> I don't know, Kingdom Hearts has more spin spin-offs than Steamboat it actually does Willy. number titles. <laughs> that's where it all came from. Uh, but the game looks cool. Like Kingdom Hearts music is awesome, so having a game that celebrates that is awesome. Nice. Uh, I hope they actually do something with the idea that Kyrie is supposed to kind of be the protagonist in this game because i was really let down by how they didn't play with that more in kingdom hearts 3 uh given that she was supposed to learn how to fight with a keyblade but yeah i don't know i'll check it out it seems cool i like kingdom mm. hearts i like the music okay um a bunch of ea games came to switch all on the same day i believe borderlands uh collection and yeah. bioshock collection and uh, xcom 2 these are hold on yeah Hang I'll on. Hang on. These, are not, these are not EA games. They're 2K games. Yeah. A right. bunch of 2K games came to the Switch. And then <laughs> everything else that I said. Yeah. Well, I will say this was exciting for me because it gave me one more uh, platform on which to purchase Bioshock. Yeah. And yeah. I did. Bioshock that is my me. favorite game of all time. I have I have a big daddy sitting right here with me while I'm speaking to you. So just imagine that he's here. But um yeah, no. And also I'm a big fan of the Borderlands series. Not so much a 3, but like, you know, whatever. Um yeah. and so that announcement, I mean, I guess you could say I'm a fan of 2K. And so that announcement was exciting for me because I'm a fool and I will repurchase the game to play it on a new console. Uh, yep. So, yeah, I mean, I, w- I was pumped about it because it was, you know, it was a little treat for me, I guess. Yeah, nice. Yeah, it's a top five game for me, too. And it's like mm-hmm. when announcements like this happen, a lot of people are like, "Ugh, more ports. But for me, it's like, oh, great. I get my, my greatest hits all on Switch. Yeah. yeah. Bring it on. Yeah. And these were actually pretty good ports of Bioshock, mm-hmm. uh, so like that just was an extra bonus. I had I had a lot of issues with the the PlayStation Four version uh, when that came out. Interesting. I, I was really actually gonna Switch. ask about that because I had sort of heard that the Switch version had a lot of issues, um, and I the PlayStation Four version was I free had, on PS Plus at one point. Not to plug the competitor, I, but I, I did. Yeah, the collection was. I did crash once on Bioshock Two, but I think I crashed like five times on wow. PS Four. So oh, yeah, nice. improvement. I mean, uh, graphically, I mean, it's not going to stand up to PS4, but it it was, you know, it was respectable. It looked mm-hmm. all right on my 4K TV. Uh, had no complaints, really. Yeah, I um, didn't have any problems until I played Remastered on my PC, and it crashed all the time. So, you know, love to hear mixed it. bag, I guess. <laughs> yeah. 
And I think people on PC were kind of, were they like forced to upgrade to that if you, like it replaced the old versions? I think it versions? depends on where you had it. I had the games in my Steam library, okay. and so I got, I still have the original ones, and then I also got the remastered edition. But I, I'm mm-hmm. sure there is some scenario in which people were like, they don't have access to the original game anymore, which would mm-hmm. suck. But I, would I'm suck, sure yeah. that exists because why wouldn't it? Yeah. One thing that I was hoping they'd do and that they didn't do uh, was add gyro controls. Mm. I've gotten just so used to those being an option on Switch. Yeah. Uh, I also, I was, for a long time, I was really advocating for games like this to come to Switch, uh, like Bioshock, because they have this nice two-handed thing where you're dual-wielding your weapons and your powers, and Mm -hmm. that'd be just great, a great case for using the HD Rumble on Switch. And no one's ever really embraced that. Yeah, like Even a Dishonored though, like Dark port Souls or something. didn't do it. Yeah. Like lots of lots of two handed games with, with two handing weapons yeah. and none of them are using it the way that I'd want. It's almost like Nintendo should stop investing in this weird niche technologies that no one ever uses except for Miyamoto <laughs> twice in his life. <laughs> And, it, and it's a shame because, like, when they when they when you see a good implementation of HD Rumble, it's like really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's in one two switch and nothing else. <laughs> I don't know. Mario Odyssey used it pretty all right. Uh, I liked Hollow Knight's implementation, and that's oh, like I didn't play Hollow Knight. A that's a gap studio. for me. Yeah, I, I, I would agree on that. I I haven't finished Hollow Knight, but I would agree. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's good so news. like it's it can be done. Third parties can do it. In tiny tiny indie companies can do it. I, I think these these you know professional port studios should figure out how to do it. All right, all right. Um, but also like just the gyro controls speaks really to me. I mean that's just the best way that you can experience a first person game is like Metroid Prime, and I may be in the minority with a controller here. at least. Well, sure. But, like, and I may be in the minority yeah. here, but, like, unplayable to me on GameCube. Uh, but the trilogy on yeah, Wii, it's hard amazing. To go back. So good. Best game I've ever played yeah. in my life. That's hyperbole, but you know <laughs> what? You get it. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> um, Animal Crossing came out this year. The first Animal Crossing game okay. ever to most people. Um, wow. What, it took yeah, the world by storm. Yeah, what's excited me most about this is how many people I know who got a Switch to play this game. Yeah. Or I would never have thought would have gotten really committed to this kind of game and are playing it anyway, like my wife. Uh, I haven't played it nearly as much as any of them because I is bounce around between games Animal too much Crossing? and can't commit. This is her first Animal Crossing. Wow! Uh, I would and have I'm thought... glad this was her first because this is a good first impression, I feel like, for uh, yeah, Animal Crossing. Yeah, for sure. Game. For sure. Um, uh, the online is better than it's ever been. Yeah. Like, I, oh, yeah. I feel like it was always an afterthought in the the past games that I had online, but here it, it feels like it's essential. It feels pretty crummy in this one to me. Just like, well, how many loading screens relative it has. to what though? I mean, yeah, rel- yeah. I mean, but compared, to, compared it, so you can't to the other one, that. I mean, I never yeah. tried to go online yeah. on Wii or like even 3DS. Well, exactly. Really. There you go. Yeah. It's, yeah. Right. Why? Why did you do that? It's because it was it was pointless. <laughs> Someone will crucify me for saying that, but it's true. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah. We all get trouble for being right. Yeah, I was going to say, it's, we're talking about gaming on the internet. We're all going to get crucified for something innocuous. But fortunately, everyone seems to love Animal yes. Crossing. It's been great. Uh, it's been it's the perfect game that came out at the perfect time, because uh, we all got to hang out virtually uh, when we couldn't hang out in real life. I did feel like... Everyone also kind of got over it at the same time, though, which was shocking in its own yeah. way. Like it, there, it was uh, almost like there was a shocking. cap that 
just biologically yeah. encoded for all people <laughs> to say no more virtual I chores. Sometimes, sometimes yeah. I think that maybe the best direction Animal Crossing can go is to keep doing what it's doing, but then add stuff that makes it more of like a GTA Online sort of thing. I want to kill people. That's interesting. Well, I mean, like GTA Online has just tons of activities you can do besides just killing people. Like you can just go play tennis with your friends. I don't yeah. know. Like Oh, I literally spent like an hour and a half just bouncing an exercise ball in our room. Like four friends were together and we just kept pressing <laughs> A a million times. And that was yeah. our whole well, night. That's how you do it. Um, yeah. Animal Crossing's a great game. But it's still great, yeah. Pikmin 3 Deluxe is coming out October, I think, 30th, if uh, memory serves correctly. Yes, that's correct. We're going to get some new missions with Olimar and Louie, which is kind of cool. We got some co-op missions, and the entire story is uh, playable in co-op now. Um, Otherwise, it seems like it's just the same game. Um, I don't think there's been any sort of res upgrades or anything really it's just kind of a port yeah it looks very much like it did on wii yeah. u from a text standpoint and um not that i'm complaining i still really liked the way it looked on wii u and i love the game like the game is the excellent. game is awesome it's one of my favorite games of all time i felt like it was one of the very few where the wii u gamepad was actually essential i would always prop it up in front of my tv as a mini map and use it for task delegation and i don't know if like yeah i assume the pause menu will kind of take that over but like I did feel like the game was designed for this sort of multi-screen interface to Mm. unfold in real time, and so I don't know how it's going to translate. One of the things I'm hoping is that the shift to co-op sort of alleviates that a Mm. bit, because, you know, like you were saying, with the gamepad, largely the benefit was to delegate and plan, but when you have two people, you can kind of split up tasks without having to interact with the gamepad and tell your computer-controlled person to go run over here. And so, like, maybe that's sort of how they'll compensate for, for losing that feature. Um, I I mean, I'm lucky enough to have a wife who plays games at home and who also loves Pikmin 3, so I know we'll be playing this co-op uh, when it comes out, if not in the story mode, then at least in the mission mode. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a blast in co-op, so I'm glad people get to experience the game, the story mode, that way. Uh, especially all you Switch Good. people who probably never played this game on Wii. Yeah, even and about uh, Wii listen, if anyone's listening here, like, Pikmin 3 is awesome. Pikmin is so good, and no one plays it, and you ch- you got to play it. You have to. How dare you? How yeah, dare you if you don't? It's, <laughs> it's joyful in the kind of way that I feel like Animal Crossing is joyful. Yeah. Um, it, the characters are very, like, interesting and expressive, and you, you get attached to sort of your Pikmin squad... Well, uh, maybe not to individual Pikmin, sure. to just, but just you don't want to lose them. You don't want to see the little ghosts. Well, appear. and it's also a real time strategy um, game, which is just like otherwise not in Nintendo's wheelhouse. It's like kind of it's it's yeah, its own genre sure. that is really yeah. like intricate and fascinating and fun um, with this Nintendo magic sort of thrown it, sprinkled on there. And it's also just never had its real time to shine. Like it's always been kind of like GameCube didn't sell well. In fact, it sold like pretty garbage. And then the, they were repackaged on Wii as new play control games, but like those were really kind of an afterthought. And then Pikmin Three was on Wii U, so even worse than GameCube. And like, not to knock GameCube, great console, but it did not sell well. People don't know what Pikmin is, is my main point, and it deserves a lot better. And so, 
if you've got the opportunity and you've got the money this October to try Pikmin 3, like, you got, it's so good. It's so freaking good. Here we go. Show notes say Etroid Prime because uh, Metroid Prime 4 <laughs> has got a new producer or director. I, I typed this in like six seconds ago. I don't remember the story. It was kind of a non-story, as Alex said. They, I mean, they. Uh, I think the story, the way I'd sum up the story is every now and then Retro Studios posts that they've hired someone or that they're hiring someone and people decide, oh, great, this means that they don't have the staff to make Metroid Prime 4 before 2025. And then that becomes a story. Uh, I think the thing we can focus on here may, maybe is people hire uh, studios hire people all the time. It can be in the middle of development. Yeah. Doesn't yeah. have to be the beginning of development. Like people decide to move on to other careers. Like it, it happens. Uh, they add staff because a product uh, project has sort of swelled beyond their original vision. Like need another producer because we've got a whole another line of of business that we need to focus on to get this game out. Like all kinds of things can happen that, that inspire new hires for development. Um, and I'm not even that close to software development, and and I, I know enough to know that much. Uh, so, like, I think people need to kind of cool their jets on these retro studios and hiring <laughs> stories, uh, and just let them make the game. Well, they they did hire um, the guy who what was the game that he led? Google is not helping me at all here right now. So much for Big Brother. A guy made a game one time, and now he works at Retro. What a great story. Let's move on. That's kind of how it works, yeah. <laughs> I think they grabbed someone that worked for Bungie, if I'm not that mistaken. That sounds right. Sure. Or maybe it was 343. I don't remember. One of those first-person shooter companies. Um, they, uh, who, they've had another. They've had a few other interesting hires from, from companies that, whose names that you know. So there, there's a lot of good industry veteran talent that's coming in to work on this game. So that's that. Like, Breaking good game will be, be good by that. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like the game has talent. Don't 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 stress. Um. So I guess until you, unless you see it, and then it yeah, looks well, it could. It could. <laughs> <laughs> There's still hope that Metroid Prime Four will be awful. <laughs> We're all crossing our fingers. <laughs> <laughs> Um, last thing before we get to the, I, I suppose, the biggest news of the last millennium, which is the Super Mario 35th anniversary. But, um, in the spring, Xenoblade Deluxe Edition came out for Nintendo Switch. Alex, would you care to say a few words? Uh, yeah, so Xenoblade is a top 10 game for me. So this is another Forever one. Forever? Oh, yeah. Great. Greatest hits. Forever. Great. Period. Uh, great, great RPG, great scope, uh, pretty good story for a JRPG releasing in the 2010s, 2020 timeframe. I know JRPGs have kind of gone off the rails in recent years. A lot of people might agree with that. No. Uh, uh, but this game has good characters in a, in a, I'll say grounded story. You're still killing God at the end, (laughs) maybe, but, uh, you know, that's part of the course in JRPG land. Uh, but the, the world is wonderful. It's a very creative idea for a universe. Uh, the RPG mechanics, uh, are, 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 in my opinion, really great. It's a really great way to approach a pseudo action RPG. Uh, and if you, uh, think it's Shulk time or Rhine time, uh, those characters are still just as charming, uh, in Xenoblade. So here's a question. I've never played Xenoblade Chronicles on Wii, um, or on Switch, 
but I could get the new 3DS version of the game. No, don't do that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Noted. <laughs> I've gotten every version of Xenoblade, and without questions, which version no, is I the figure. one to get. <laughs> uh, um, out of curiosity, though, why? We did talk about new 3DS version of this game on some episode uh, yeah, years so, ago. Yeah, so, I mean, if you've... This game came out a long time ago, so, you know, it's a Wii game from 2010, overhauled with new graphics on Switch. The graphics actually converted pretty well. Uh, Monolith Soft is not necessarily a tech wizard studio, but they're very good at getting a a lot of scope out of a little bit of juice, and Switch has given them a a much better canvas to play with in terms of technology, Uh, and so the the game looks better than it ever has, um, and plays better than ever has there's a lot of quality of life improvements that make things like side quests which could be kind of a drag originally are are a lot more manageable nice uh, on switch plus it's handheld and handheld is a great place for an rpg to be yeah for sure okay well so the last major news subject is the 35th anniversary of super mario um, or brothers. I'm not sure exactly which date they're counting, but <laughs> <laughs> Mario's old. Yeah, who was who was born first, Mario or Luigi? Mar- well, Mario's the older brother. Yeah, but their last name is Mario, so who can tell? That is confusing. That is that is too confusing. <laughs> um, so let's see. Essentially, so I have five bullet points as like my main takeaways from this direct it was a little video presentation it was actually called a direct yeah yeah um the mario 35 battle royale game looks really cool it's free for nintendo switch online subscribers up until i believe next march kind of takes the tetris 99 battle royale features of uh scoring points and then sending sort of attack enemies to your enemies uh into the super mario bros universe and it looks really cool yeah, it seems ridiculous and stupid and a really great way to get people to up their Mario 1 game. Uh, I do wish it had more Mario styles, and with it disappearing from existence on the March 31st, I don't think they'll plan to add any. Yeah. But uh still looks like dumb fun, and I do love Tetris 99, and another game like that is welcome for me. Yeah, same here. Um, we got Mario Kart Live, which is a new Mario Kart game that is built in your own house. You buy a $100 Mario or Luigi Kart set, and I guess you set up flags or goalposts or somewhere around your floor, and an AR camera actually turns your living room or whatever space into a Mario Kart race course. I'm kind of skeptical about this. Yeah, no, me too. A lot of people are talking about it as like a great big holiday toy. And maybe it is. Maybe it can sell really well. But I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't trust that it's going to be any good at all. Yeah, it's it seems like very cool in concept. But I think in application is probably going to be a little bit gimmicky. Yeah. And I can see it being a very hot holiday toy. Especially with everybody trapped in their houses. But, like, in actuality, do you really want to play Mario Kart in your house, or do you want to play Mario Kart on Rainbow Road? You know? Yeah, yeah. no kidding. <laughs> um, I mean, I, th- I, I think the concept 
is kind of cool, just not as its own game. Mm-hmm. If this were attached to some yeah. uh, traditional Mario Kart game where it's like, oh, yeah, and also you can use this optional sold separately toy yeah. to build your own race courses in your house, like, that would be awesome yeah i'd be all i'd be a lot more interested if so if this was packaged with mario kart ultimate yeah if that if that were how they were selling it as an optional sold separately thing that you can buy to enhance your mario kart experience yeah uh and that you know yeah and, and to an extent like it's cool that nintendo is trying something that is toy like uh like 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 I don't think this is a bad idea, but I do not think it is a product that is worth buying as a standalone video game. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree with that. And especially with the price, like, I don't know. I just, it doesn't seem worth Yeah, it. $100? Maybe if yeah. I had a kid. It screams. I'd be a different too. It screams Labo to me in terms of how it'll yeah. probably do in the marketplace. Yeah. Um, and Labo is another thing that I wish they had used as an add on to more games because. Uh, you know, it was cool that you could use the steering wheel in Mario Kart, but also it was not cool that all those little gizmos that you were building were really just things that you built and not really things Cardboard that you, could... that you now have to not throw away. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it is cool, though, to see that they're treating Switch as this modular thing that can have all these different kinds of input devices besides sure. just the controllers that you think of. Like, I love that they're... I love that they're thinking about that. I just wish that they'd use those fun toys and add-ons to in more robust games. We also got a Super Mario Brothers Game & Watch, which uh, is a Game & Watch system uh, in 2020. Um, it just has yeah, Mario I mean, Brothers I don't on think it. this is going to be... I don't think this is going to be an, S, an NES Classic or an SNES no. Classic sort of no, thing but i don't like think that. they're thinking of it that way either <laughs> no it's definitely like a limited run product i think that it would be really cool if they did something like this with like the entire game and watch series on it like they used to do these game and yeah. watch gallery games and i just think it would be so cool if they made like a game and watch gallery deluxe or something there was like an actual old game and watch system with every game and watch game on it I guess it would be cool if they had, like, the Game & Watch gallery games emulated, but, like, I mean, really, in reality, what they should do is just make an ultimate Game & Watch gallery collection so that instead of, like, going between 1, 2, 3, and 4, you just, like, have the games all right there. Um, yeah, we're, yeah, we're so far removed from those Game & Watch collections that it's weird to see us bring back Game & Watch in the form of hardware when no one really remembers the software. Yeah. We also, uh, coming up next spring, we've got Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury, which is a Switch port of Super Mario 3D World. It runs faster, literally runs faster. Um, The gameplay speed has been increased. And it's got this new mode called Bowser's Fury, which I'm presuming you'll play as Bowser or Cat Bowser or something in remixed versions of the 3D World world. Um, personally, I was hoping that we would get more playable characters, and I don't know that that's not gonna happen, but, I mean, it would be cool to get, like, Wario and, and Pauline and, like, you know, some, just some extra mechanics. Yeah, and like you said, I think that could still be in the cards. Um, Pauline is a good possible candidate, given that they turned Captain Toad's old 3D World content into, uh odyssey content but then still kept it as a prequel to 3d world (laughs) anyway so now those two games are connected via captain toad um (laughs) pour one out for ben 
Oh, God, yeah. Uh, R.I.P. <laughs> Resting. Um, but yeah, this game was a joy. Uh, I'm, I'm happy to see it back. This is one of those games I definitely wanted to get a For port. sure. I um, think it's the best Mario game. I Sorry, Galaxy. Yeah. Really? I do. Uh, I think it has the fewest flaws of the Mario games. That, to me, is kind of the same. <laughs> I, mean, that's, I mean, that's that's part of it. <laughs> uh, what do you what do you make of the, the the teaser they showed for Bowser's Fury? What do you think that's going to be? Like, I don't know. It could be new levels entirely. And my immediate thought is like, your Bowser in these levels that already exist, kind of like turned into a Dark World theme. It could be new levels entirely. It could be a bunch of, like, champion levels, like those really hard ones sort of at the end. Um, and you run through as Mario, Luigi, Peach, and Toad. But I, I feel like it's going to be, like, you play as Bowser somehow and see this story from his perspective. Well, I'd be interested to see how that works with the Mario 3D World gameplay or if they just create some kind of new game gameplay, if that's the route that they go. I feel like that is easier. You don't think that's what's happening, though? You think it's... So what I made of the trailer was they showed this large 3D area where it's raining and there's islands and whatever. And it didn't really look like a Mario 3D World area to me. It looked more like a Mario Odyssey area, kind of. It's a little more open looking. Um, what I could see happening, so the, the, at the end of the trailer, they zoomed in on what looked like a shrine of some sort. What I could see them doing is Mario Odyssey was this unprecedented, unprecedentedly popular 3D Mario game. But at the same time, one of the comments that I had personally about Odyssey was when we got down to the segments where we're doing some hardcore platforming, the sense of place in those areas and even the level design itself was kind of really disappointing compared to 3D World, where that those two things mm-hmm. are sublime and I love them. Um, and what I could see them doing is I could see them bringing a Mario Odyssey-type hub area or a series of hub areas that then spill into uh, Mario 3D World linear platforming levels. Okay. Um, so that it kind of functions like... Like Super Mario 64's hub, where you 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 bounce into the the different courses from the Peach's Castle, but instead you you go into different platforming levels from this new hub area. And so you think this is sort of like a championship mode? Well, I don't know. I don't know what the levels end up being exactly. I imagine they'd probably be harder because it seems like it's if you're going to make new content, it's probably right. for veteran players. I would imagine. Um. But I think at the very least, it's it's sort of a tip of the hat to the future of Mario and where Mario has come since this game. Okay. Okay. Interesting. And that's just based on, you know, 10 seconds of trailer footage. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, I mean, I'd like that. Even if it's, if it's just a 3D world style, like, harder levels at the end of the day, that's fine by me. Our final one is kind of the main attraction for this week. Super Mario 3D All-Stars is here. We've got Super Mario 64, Super Mario Sunshine, and Super Mario Galaxy all converted for the Nintendo Switch at this point. Super Mario Sunshine and Galaxy have been made widescreen. Galaxy, you can play with the Joy-Cons and the Pro Controller to aim the star bits. And I mean, it's just... All these three great classic Mario games all in one package on the Switch. And there's been a lot of positive and negative discussion about it. I thought we would just get all our thoughts uh, out on the table. 
This is where my gamer card gets oh. revoked. Yeah, I don't like Super Mario Galaxy. Oh! I could not even... I couldn't even get that far into it. Like, I hate... For some reason, I, I just... I could not get into it. So, my feeling is, like, kind of neutral. Like, I'm excited about... Maybe I'll, maybe I'll pick it up again on the Switch, but, like... I just, I, I did not like it. I'm really curious to dive into that because yeah. Galaxy out of the three was my favorite. And it, in mm-hmm. this collection, I kind of only touched it for like five minutes. And that's not to say that I won't go back to it and think different things. But at least for now, I felt like the th- 3D and the gravity, like it just kind of looked weird on the screen. And like I couldn't totally tell like where... Mario was gonna go. Was it because it was old? No, or was just it like just... the whole concept of 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 sucking Mario's center of gravity around these weird yeah, planets yeah. and well, that's what didn't sizing with me. them that's what didn't differently work. for every yeah. single launch star. And like, it I just, hated it. It's like you jump, and it's hard to tell like what direction the control stick is actually gonna send Mario on the screen. Um, where the center of gravity is, like necessarily at at any given moment, like before you land, you might be interrupted by another stream, and. It's all like very fun and creative and cool, but in a 3D platformer, it is very difficult and confusing sometimes, just conceptually, if nothing else. Well, yeah. I feel so vindicated. Yeah. I feel I, so vindicated. Uh, I, Galaxy is one of my favorite games ever, but having played all of these games back to back on the same hardware platform, so you know the, the, the interface is pretty mm-hmm. much the same across them in terms of the controller I'm using, I can see how, why people would, would have issues with Galaxy. Um, some things that uh, I noticed in addition to what you guys are saying about about 3D space and navigating that being kind of weird. Uh, anytime the camera has to kind of move with you as you shift gravity is kind of mm-hmm. awkward uh, in a way that other games. I mean, other games have the other games have their camera issues too, but it's its own camera issue, I'd say, in Galaxy. Uh, another thing that I noticed is the sense of momentum is not the same. The way Mario moves is a little more sluggish. And I, I'm sure that's partly to compensate for the fact that spatial movement is a little weirder. But then you get things where like long jumping in succession doesn't feel very good because Mario seems to stop for a second after you finish long yeah. jumping. Uh, and so, like, I, I'm starting to get why people, why Galaxy doesn't gel with people. I'm starting to get why people say, oh, the, the movement in Mario 64 is so much more fluid, or the movement in Sunshine is so much more fluid. Um, that said, like, I still love the hell out of that game. I still love its, I, I love its vibe. It, it feels a lot like uh, it's getting back to Mar- the, the roots of Mario's sort of universe, where Mario is sort of Nintendo's take on the Alice in Wonderland crazy mushroom yeah. magic mushrooms world. But now it's like, oh, magic mushrooms in space. Uh, and so they just go completely bananas with the kinds of worlds that they're throwing you into. And so I yeah. still love it for that. I love it for its music. Uh, I love that it still looks to me like a like a game that could have come out in 2020 for the very first time. So like for me it's it's still a joy. But yeah, I'm I'm seeing the cracks. <laughs> yeah, I wish I wish I could have uh... What do you think about Galaxy Two being missing from this collection? I <sighs> I would have <laughs> happily traded Mario sixty four and Sunshine just to have Galaxy Two instead. And it, having played them again, I still will say that. <laughs> um uh, on the other hand though, like I I know that they had to have spent a lot of effort quote-unquote effort i don't know how much effort it actually took not a lot it doesn't look like 
But the, I feel like the emulators, I feel like the emulators they built for N64, GameCube, and Wii to kind of put together in one package, like, given how it seems like that someone found in the game's code that it looks like these games were put together in, like, six months. Mm-hmm. So to get a, a N64, GameCube, and Wii emulator that works as well as these games' emulators work... Uh, I feel like is so impressive that it's almost worth not having Galaxy 2 to me. Okay. Uh, especially if they can use the same emulation techniques for other well, games. Well, I was going to say, I do feel that like they cool. must be using these same methods to release Galaxy 2 in like a year from now or something, right? Like, it must be DLC for this package or something. Like, Well, I, I, I was thinking that maybe they stop selling the package as a limited edition thing, and then they just release all these games on eShop, plus Galaxy 2 as a standalone thing. Well, they yeah. could do 64 on NSO, GameCube, Sunshine on, I guess, eShop, and Galaxy 1 and 2 as a collection, maybe on eShop is a $60 collection. That makes collection. sense to me. Yeah, and now that they have these working emulators for these three systems, like, why, why not just make them all NSO? Yeah, like, I mean, it, well... I suppose the, the the fatal flaw there is the games are just much bigger in size. Right, so the why not is, like, you don't want to give Wii games away for free, but, like, Well, Wii... they're not free, though. They're, they're subscription well, fee. Well, no, but, yeah. I mean, they're... Uh, I know that subscription fee is, like, a pittance. They but... could get away with selling Wii games for, like, 20 to 30 even sometimes $50 for remasters, but, like, NES games these days, you can't... Those are free. No one's going to pay a dollar well, for those. They've tapped that well too many times at this point. Well, right. And they haven't done with that, that yeah. with we is all I'm saying. Yeah, this is the first time we've had really, I, I, like, I don't know how much, if you played with, with split Joy-Cons or what, but I actually felt like the emulation for the Wii, Wii motion controls, surprisingly good. Nice. I was playing I, with the I, Pro I, Controller, uh, and so it felt a little weird to me, but I bet with the split Joy-Cons. Try split Joy-Cons if you yeah. if you still have split Joy-Cons, just I to do. see what I mean. Um, it, it makes me want, want to play more Wii games on this thing. Okay, cool. Well, that's good news. Like Metroid Did Prime. That, yeah, Metroid Prime Trilogy <laughs> remake. Yes. Okay. Um... Any more on Mario, or should we uh, take a quick break and head into the dreamland? So, Colin. Yes. No more about Mario. Although, I feel like people are probably going to be like, why didn't you talk about 64 and Sunshine? Oh, we probably should do that. I don't mind doing that (laughs) if we want to go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I guess maybe we should. So, did you you play both of those already, Colin? I did. So, Sunshine, it's, it's, I've been liking that better than 64. Um, mm-hmm. it's been a little weird to adjust to the new controls. Um, the original one had inverted controls and you couldn't change it. This one has non-inverted controls and you can't change it. So, and they don't have gyro. That's weird. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, you really come on, Nintendo. Fight. You're yeah. the gyro company. Yeah. So there's that. <laughs> Um, yeah, and there's also uh, in the same vein, like when you hop in a cannon in Mario 64, like I'm always tilting my pro controller, like, well, this is how I aim it, right? Oh, no. no, but um, both games run relatively well. I think there's, I don't know really how to describe this in any way, but the analog controllers don't really like the sticks inputs just don't really translate perfectly one to one yeah i felt that way a little bit i got used i got used I just, to it i just feel like the movement is a little bizarre and i don't know in what way um i think part of it that is 
goes underappreciated is that the game's cameras are not exactly what you want them to be. And so, of course, the movement isn't going to yeah. feel the way you want well, it to. Well, Mario 64, Sunshine 2, but 64 especially. Just these yeah. cameras are bad. Yeah. We, I've been yeah. playing these yeah. games, and I'm like, <laughs> so there, wow. There are a couple of things I'm learning about these games, playing them again. One is that Mario 64's camera is the worst, especially later in the game when you're doing this really complex platforming stuff, yeah. and the camera is not where you want it to be, and you can't move it. Well, even in Jolly Roger Bay, when you're just trying to hop up from the sunken ship after the treasure chest, it's just like, show oh, yeah. me where I'm going to land, more please. Of, of TikTok clock, where you're like, oh, I need to like run yeah. around this really well, narrow yeah. thing, and if I fall off, I die. But the camera is turning at a time I do not want it to, and now I'm suddenly running off the cliff. Yeah. Uh, and then... Uh, the other thing I'm learning is that Sunshine's controls, well, most of the time they're pretty good, sometimes do things that I really don't want them to do. So sometimes I'm using the hover nozzle and I need to do a a, sort of a a quick turn to get to where I want to go. And it's doing exactly the opposite thing that I want it to do. And then I fall to my death. Or sometimes I'm trying to ride on a blooper to collect a bunch of red coins. And when I get back to the star at the end, after I've collected them, it's not letting me actually hop onto the platform. It's just having me hang on the edge of the platform until I either die or somehow fall off of the thing and run into something and die. Uh, I don't know. So that's been frustrating. Uh, I'm also learning that these games have somewhat strong starts and then they sort of get progressively worse as the game goes on the level design starts to get a little bit less interesting the mission design completely falls off a cliff um i i'm amazed at how quickly both 64 and sunshine open up yeah like i don't remember them exploding into like noki bay after like just an hour but i don't know i guess that's pretty cool yeah i mean that's that's why people love these games, ultimately, is the amount of openness that they, they gave us when they came out. Yeah. They are a little a little jank still. Uh, it would have been nice to get, like, an actual remake with better camera controls. And I think it would have improved the $60 price tags justification. But at the end of the day, these are some great Mario games. It's a great way to play legacy content. Like, it's, it's a great package. I still feel like it is a, a great sort of encapsulation of the 3d mario history here so lee i don't i know you don't like galaxy any any background with 64 or sunshine yeah no i i played them both i didn't repurt like i didn't purchase it uh mostly because the only thing that i would want to try again right now would be galaxy and i don't really actually want to do that but my thought is you know sunshine (laughs) was really fun 64 is a classic that's kind of my take i have been I've been very much, like, uh, not in the realm of platforming recently, and I just haven't had any desire to play it. So it's just kind of, like, personally out of my wheelhouse right now. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you're selling me a little bit on it, even with the janky controls. And and, and even with what you were saying about, um, about Galaxy, like, I think you're right. I think the vibe of it is something very special, and that in itself is worth re-exploring, so... You know, maybe I'll pick it well, back and up note again. note on the controls, too, like, I feel like the control, like, the the physical controls of Mario as yeah. your avatar are really fun and awesome yeah. and tight and focused. The camera work can be a little <laughs> tricky at some points. 
and that's, that's sort of every a function game. of early 3D games, right? Yeah. Like that's not necess- that's not inherently Mario's fault. No, I wouldn't blame that on the little guy. <laughs> I literally just replayed the first Mass Effect, so like if we're talking about like crappy gameplay, <laughs> I think I could handle it, truly. That game is impossible <laughs> to get through. And I wanted to play it real bad. So, yeah, I mean, c- cameras are cameras. They're going to they're you know if you're playing an older game that it's going to be a little janky. So, Colin, that's not the thing that I thought we were forgetting. What? The thing that I, I, I think we're forgetting is Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity. Oh, yes! Yes! Um, wow! Can I just say wow? Yeah! Awesome game! I am so excited! This is gonna be a trilogy! There's that meme that aged really well where they were like, I love that trilogy! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean... It's about time for a new Hyrule Warriors game. Yeah. So there's that. Oh, yeah. Completely it's about time 100%. for more Breath of the Wild content if we're not going to get the sequel. So I'm all over that. Uh, mm-hmm. It's about time for more champions from uh, Breath of the Wild, especially Urbosa. So, oh, yeah. Yes, please. Uh, and yeah, this game looks dope. I am so psyched. I loved the first Hyrule Warriors so much. I'm a little disappointed. I feel like this won't give them so much of the freedom outside of DLC, that is. Mm. DLC packages, I think, could probably just have an excuse to go wild. But in this game, um, I'm a little disappointed. They won't have, like, kind of series-spanning characters from just all over kinds of crazy places. So so before before we decide that that's true... We're going to see an era of this Hyrule that we didn't get to see before. And we know that tons of people from that era of Hyrule probably were murdered. So I don't know. Who <gasps> True. We know Lon Lon Ranch was destroyed, True. for example. So, you know, we could get some Mal in action. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess that's true. It's really morbid uh, and sad, but I guess... Yeah, they could. What, what I was kind of thinking was we could get some characters like... Um, Groose and Skull Kid or whatever as like side DLC packages is like, oh, I don't know, the King's Army, Groose has the cannons or whatever. Skull Kid wouldn't fit into there in any way, but just in the DLC packages can be adventure maps and story chapters that are totally dissociated from the Calamity War. I think that's that's a cool concept. Yeah, and I, um... Some people I know were looking for, like, a classical follow-up to Hyrule Warriors where we'd get more of these characters, like Old Man or the Mask Salesman yeah. or Makar or Yito from Twilight Princess would be awesome or Lineback. Um, just a bunch of cool old characters uh, that would be really greatly fit for Hyrule Warriors too, And... I just feel like the story conceit of this one totally excuses the absence of all that fan service that the original game was known for. Like, combining the story beats of The Great Calamity with the gameplay of Hyrule Warriors is just like galaxy brain to me. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I don't think they're going to execute it with quite the narrative maturity and and sort of um, skill that I would like. Yeah. That's probably true, but at the same time, this is the f- this is the first time that we've seen a Zelda property yeah. title announced with story as the conceit. Right. 
Right. And, and so, I think that the yeah, story conceit and the gameplay directive just mesh so perfectly that I'm not like <laughs> these are video games at the end of the day. I fully expect them not to execute the narrative to the narrative's justice. Um, but it's just so awesome. I'm so excited for this. I put together a list of characters. I think this is going to be our final warriors list. Are you ready? Okay. All right, go. Okay, so we've got Link, of course, Zelda, obviously, <laughs> uh, King Rome, the king of yeah. Hyrule, mm-hmm. that mini egg guardian boy, the sweet boy that we all know and love from the box art, um, all four champions, obviously. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Here's where we get the newcomers. Well, Impa's not a newcomer, but Impa, Sheikah Impa. Young Impa. Yep. Breath of the Wild Impa. You know. Not not old lady Impa, though. Young Impa. Not old lady Impa. Some eagle-eyed people spotted a character that looks like it could be young Impa yes. in the trailer. Yeah, and I think so, that's Impa. I think for that's sure. a luck. Yeah. Um, Cass's teacher, which would uh, presumably just be Cass with maybe, like, brown feathers. <laughs> just because Cass wasn't so, alive, but his teacher is was. It, is, it, is it a sure thing that Cass's teacher is a Rito? Because I'm no. not actually sure. I if suppose that's not. But um, I, I mean, I'm just trying to cover our bases here. They could go wild with this, but I do think that if they're just going to be like introducing a warrior in a warrior's game, like Cass's teacher, then would just end up being like a Rito who looks a lot like Cass. But you know, we never, you never mm. know. I mean, you're probably right. Um, we've got the Yiga clan leader, probably not Master Koga, but just we've seen a bunch of Yiga clan enemies, and so the leader could be cool to play as. Um, Hestu, the Maraca boy from the Korok Forest, my main man. Uh, attack with magic and sound and stuff. Robbie Andor Pura from the Akala Tech Lab. Um, yeah. yeah. Could be really cool. Fight with gadgets and time warping stuff. Beetle, the shopkeep classic Zelda character. The Great Fairy, instead of a weapon, could be an actual character this time. Also, Epona could be just a character. Um, Then Ganondorf. Finally, just Ganondorf. As was the case with the original Hyrule Warriors. And it looks like we got the zombie one in uh, Hyrule Warriors uh, in Breath of the Wild 2. So I don't know how they want to bring him back for this one, but I imagine we're going to get a Ganondorf. It's going to happen. Yeah. And then just like the original, we got Lana and Sia. So I bet there's going to be a couple original characters as with the first Hyrule Warriors. Yeah. Sick list, buddy. I don't know if that'll be all, but I think those those are all really good, uh, really good candidates. All right. Well, should we take a quick break and then jump into the dreamland first yeah sure i'm ready to dream baby (laughs) all right let's go welcome everybody this is colin from the future here or i guess just now just from west of the past um we uh first of all uh in the recording forgot to introduce an eShop shout out segment. Uh, what we were going to do in the episode is have Ben uh call in and talk about bug fables for the very first eShop shout out, but I now have less time to edit audio because uh guess what? They just announced a new Super Smash Bros fighter is being revealed 
on, of course, the day that we are uh, launching this episode. And guess, just guess what our dreamland was. But Alex said it wouldn't be a Nintendo podcast if it had remotely good timing for anything. So we'll do Bug Fables next month. And uh, for now, our obsolete <laughs> wish lists. Enjoy. So, Colin, fun facts. <laughs> yeah. Kirby Fighters Deluxe 2 is out right now. Oh, that's so Since, true. Uh, Cadence of Hyrule DLC just came out. <laughs> we we wait, Cadence of Hyrule also came out? <laughs> Yeah, the DLC just came out today. Okay. Or, like, and since we started recording. Great! <laughs> so that's super cool. Um, new, more news! Kirby Fighters 2! What do we think of Kirby <laughs> Fighters 2? Uh, so, uh, yeah, I missed out on Kirby Fighters 1 and Kirby Fighters Deluxe. Uh, so I all I know about this is that it's Smash Brothers, except for everyone is Kirby. Yeah. Um, that sounds pretty alright yeah. for... Yeah, cheapy shop game. Is it is it is it free to play? I think it's twenty bucks. Oh, that's too much. That's way too much. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So well, Kirby is for free. <laughs> I would have bought it if it was free. Yeah. <laughs> well, you wouldn't have bought it if it was free. You just would have downloaded it. But I wouldn't it. have bought it if it wasn't given free. it to you. So you wouldn't have bought it Yeah, Nintendo doesn't get your money either way. (laughs) My point is, it's a stupid game. (laughs) Yeah, actually, I downloaded, what was it, Super Kirby Clash? Was that the the one, the free one on Switch? Yeah. And then I never never opened it Well, yeah, see, that's why I'm not really excited about this one, is I did open Kirby Clash once, and it just kind of was like, I don't know, it was kind of slow and not, like, fun. It's just, yeah. it's just, I don't yeah. Know. I, I have a love love hate relationship with the Kirby series where I neither love nor hate it. I have zero feelings about <laughs> it whatsoever. Um, so yeah, that I mean, it's cool that they keep making them, and I'm glad that they they're prolific in making them. But they're yeah. just not for me. As for Cadence of Hyrule DLC, what was this? The new playable characters or the metal pack? Uh, this is or... the a new. Skull Kid campaign? Okay. I think it's called Symphony of the Mask. I don't know much about it aside from that. It is a thing that they're releasing today. Mm I am didn't buy any of the DLC. I'm planning to get the physical version when that comes out. That'll come with all the DLC because I am a collector. Love it, though. So I'll find out more about it when that happens. Okay. Um, But that won't be for another month or so. Okay. I, for some reason, was under the impression that all the DLC had already come out. And for some reason, didn't include any of it on the show notes. <laughs> no, only two. Yeah, well, I guess three right now, but Well, yeah. there's three packs no, three, total. Yeah. Okay, so this was the third? Yeah. And what, the first two before it were characters and music? Characters okay. and music, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was what, Impa? Dark Link and Dark Zelda. That oh, was that it? I think okay. so. Yeah, and well, in the shopkeeper, like... Alfonso. Or oh yeah, that's not Alfonso. That was that was a weird pull. Yeah, uh, Frederick or something. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, now, we love Cadence of Hyrule. Yeah, this was one of my favorite Switch yeah. games in the last. And like, now we're actually caught up on news. Great. So, <laughs> yay! Time for the Dreamland. I have no introduction written out here because we all know the drill. It's Dreamland. It's time for our favorite dreamy dreams and the number one things that we want for our favorite Nintendo games this week. We are following this Smash Brothers tradition and hopefully nothing will be announced between our recording and release. (laughs) 
Because we all came today with five Super Smash Brothers DLC characters we want to see in Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Disclaimer for mine, they're like weirdo oddball picks. They're not like the ones that I would say this is the Dream 5, but it's like a Dream 5 that I think you guys should think about. <laughs> a 5 that was in a your dreams. A 5 in Just my dreams, play. yes. I'm just going to tack on to that disclaimer. I can't take anything seriously, so, like, good okay. luck with these picks. Fun. We'll have a fun <laughs> 15 characters here. Um, we always used to go uh, ABC, Alex, Ben, Colin. Lee, how about you take Ben's place, and I'll s- stay third in the rotation here. Okay, sure. Damn, that means I have to have thought of something. Yeah, it um, does. My... my, my <laughs> My first pick uh, is going to be... Oh, I had it, and now I lost it. Oh, yeah. It's going to be Urbosa from oh, Breath okay. of the Wild. Uh, she's getting a, a second moment to shine in, in uh, Hyrule Warriors. Why not bring her to Smash? Uh, I talked earlier about how I was sad that Twintel didn't get in because I wanted more diversity, and Urbosa is definitely diversity. Uh, she'd be a fun character. She'd be have fun personality. Uh, she'd probably be a little bit different than the other swords, sword characters that we have on the roster just because of the, the way that she fights uh, and her sort of her, her poise and her posture and the way she carries herself as a character. Uh, it'd be fun to bring that voice actress back to do some fun Smash Bros. one-liners, uh, do some some fun victory, victory chants um, all about Urbosa and Smash. I uh, haven't thought to up her moveset too much, but she's a lightning character in in Hyrule Warriors and are in uh, in Zelda. So, you know, we we need some more lightning characters. I feel in sure. Smash as well. We've got a lot of fire boys, not enough lightning boys or girls. So, or both all the way. Okay, Lee, number one. Number one? Okay, well, this is probably easy to guess because I kind of mentioned how much I would want this uh, before, but I would kill someone to have a Big Daddy be a playable character in Smash. I would, okay. I, I'm serious. I Who think, though? just Who think, would okay. you kill? We need names. <laughs> I'm not at liberty to say, but like, okay, I just think he's already set up perfect for it, you know? Yeah. I think that there's, uh, right? Like, you can see it. You can see it in I your can. mind's eye. I, I, I've never even really played Bioshock, go. but it does kind well, of make should. a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I literally think he's perfect. Yeah, he has a great drill for attacks, you know, could summon a little sister. Mm-hmm. I think that there is so much that you could do with a big daddy. And 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 he easy, top number one pick. I, w- I would pay so much money for that. <laughs> Yeah, totally dig it. It was already fun to play as a big daddy in Bioshock 2. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, bring it to Smash. There, case closed. Plus, uh, <laughs> you guys remember that PlayStation All-Stars Battle Royale game? Yes. Back, yeah, Big Daddy was there. PSV yeah. That had a big daddy. We could, it'd be a, it'd be a great... Just fully uh, transplanted great, to Smash. Uh, yeah. Snub for that <laughs> a great snub for that We game. already got Cloud. Uh, you know, you guys, you guys couldn't do it. <laughs> Solid Snake. <laughs> so we're taking yeah. your big daddy. Uh, but yeah, that sounds awesome. Well, speaking of big daddies, this was actually third on my list, but I might as well. King Hippo oh, well. as an echo of King Ooh. K. Rule. Uh, pretty much kind of just yeah. all the same moves, honestly. Like, even the counter, just be like, puff your stomach out and then punch, 
you know, your boxing gloves together to punch like their head between your hands or something like that. Like, honestly, just King Hippo's an easy one-to-one translation to King K. Rule. Switch out the gun and the crown for some other King Hippo move and everything else is right there because they're kind of the same character. So that's my num- That's my first one. King Hippo <laughs> from Punch-Out. Nice. So I'm going to riff off that suggestion and come and, and put out one that's been cooking in my brain for a while too, which is uh, Wart from Super Mario Ooh. Brothers 2. Uh, he would be a, a sort of Echo-ish fighter. I feel like he the best way to use him would be to sort of meld Bowser's moveset with King K. Okay. Rool's moveset. Uh, instead of shooting fire out of his mouth, he'd instead shoot his bubbles oh, that yeah. he shoots in Mario 3. Other than that, you know, feel f- he's a character that's a pretty blank slate in terms of moveset, so mix and match. And Bowser he's got a crown he can throw. And he's got a, a really fun character. That's all you need. Yeah, he's got a crown he can throw. Like, there's a lot of directions yeah. they could take it. And he's a big heavyweight. <laughs> So I've been very into Ring Fit recently. <gasps> uh-huh. And, okay, so they had, like, a Spirits event where they added, like, Drago, who's the main villain, and I think, oh, like, yeah. the Ring, and, and like, the player character. I want a playable Ring Fit character, and I want it to be Abdonis. He's... A, yeah. A, yeah, right? So for, for people who aren't familiar with Ring Fit, like, he's basically just an NPC who's shredded. Just shredded. And I think that that's perfect. I have to look him up. I want to look at... <laughs> you should. I want to look... He, he perfectly encapsulates the personality of that game. Yes, exactly. And, like... Yeah. I, I just think... I think... The look is there. I think that there are... You, you can play with, like, the concept of fitness when it comes to, like, what moves you can this use. This is actually I just really think, awesome. I, I really know. support Abdonis. Yeah. Right? <laughs> okay. Yeah, right? <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, and apparently, yeah, I just think if, if you were, like, choose a Ring Fit character <laughs> to actually have as a playable Smash character, that is my choice. Easy. <gasps> I love this, guys. So, Plus, I, yeah. I just want to hear... I want to hear Xander Mobus say Abdonis. We'll get him yeah. back on. You know? Yes. <laughs> I, I yeah. love this Wikipedia page personality. He is self-absorbed about his abs. He also has issues trusting people <laughs> because he fears they might turn their back on him. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> he is extremely yeah. sensitive and claims his abs are there to guard his delicate heart. <laughs> A plus choice. Need I say more? No, you do not. Thank you. Thank you. You need not. He kills his enemies with abs and also puns. Um, okay. Um, I'm trying to think of a way that I could say abs Lincoln. Well, how about Abe Lincoln from Codename Steam? That's <laughs> uh, <laughs> my second pick. Is Abe Lincoln from Codename Steam, which I haven't uh, really played, <laughs> and so it's still kind of just like a meme answer for me. I, I can't really go terribly in depth on my second one. I'm sorry. I promise I've got more ideas for uh, some future uh, announcements. Three, three, five. But yeah, Abe Lincoln from Codename Steam, I think, would just be so funny. Um, he's not technically a historical figure if it's the version from Codename Steam. Abe Lincoln's a Nintendo His- character. 
I guess now that we're going down this path, I might as well come up with my controversial Okay, character. yeah, Ooh. who's your number three? The character is the twins from Astral Chain. The reason why it's a controversial pick is I feel like 2020 has given us lots of reasons to want to beat up police officers. <laughs> but really, I actually think that that's a, that's a really cool game with a really cool vibe and uh, a character like that that's yeah. totally different than anything else we have in Smash. Astral really Chain cool. would be awesome, I gotta say. Uh, plus, you know, they've already got that platinum connection. But I also don't know anything about game. Astral Chain. Yeah, so I, can't I, mean, say I don't really anything know what about the, the movesets would be, but the people seem to really dig that game. Nintendo has a really good relationship with Platinum that I'd love to see them expand on. Uh, and, you know, we've got Bayonetta already. I, this would be a, a, something totally different than that. Okay. Alrighty, this I, I'm also going off the rails a little bit. If you didn't think that I already was, um, this is kind of like a popular or somewhat popular like fan desire. But I want a photorealistic version of Reggie in the game, like FMV <laughs> style, like fully. It's just him. Um, legit and I, yeah, no, legit Reggie. He's I got think, the Reginator laser eyes. To, <laughs> exactly. Bigfoot attack. Yeah. I yeah, support it's this. the proper way to honor the man, and I just I think it's time. Yeah. I think it is time. Yeah. Um, I, so I, that he'll kick the ass. He'll take some names. Yeah. He'll play some Wii Fit. <laughs> and he'll have a, a purple Pikmin dream, in his arsenal. Yeah. See, and and promo for a game that you sing the praises of. So look at that. There you go. Wow. Full, okay. Full circle. Great. I support that. I love where we're going with this. We have to keep going down this road. Uh, idea. Well. Um, the, listen, I only have three more choices to choose from. The closest to that road <laughs> is, I actually think that Nintendogs should be playable fighters <gasps> in Super Smash Brothers. And so, and so, it's not actually just, like, just dogs that you name and pet and that's it they're just dogs that is it for three of them you get like the chihuahua and the retriever whatever out of the three nintendogs versions as like the first three alt colors then once you get through the golden retriever and the other guys you get to poochie yoshi's best friend and the polter pup Luigi's ah. best friend and the fedora dog from Odyssey as costume five. You get Boney from Mother 3 and Tao from Chibi Robo. Special honorable mention Chibi Robo would be a great Smash fighter. Not in my dreamland, but deserves the, the pick. Um, so you get all these, all these just various Nintendogs. And as you rotate their costumes, their series icon switches too, and like they're all, they all kind of have the home stage yeah. of Nintendogs because that's their like unifying theme. But um, I just think it would be a cool way to incorporate just like mankind's best friend and also yeah. a bunch of different Nintendo games into one like cool, fun, <laughs> cute representative. Good, nice choice. My number four would be Rotom from Pokemon. <laughs> He's my favorite Pokemon, so, I mean, that's that's a reason to pick him. I know we've got a lot of electric Pokemon already, but I don't care. Rotom's awesome. Yeah. Uh, he can transform into a washing machine or a lawnmower or a freezer or a fan. There's probably something else I'm forgetting, the fire one, whatever that one was. Mm. And, uh... 
No, I, uh, I don't know. Hey, there's a fire one. I forgot what it was. Is it heater? Is it a heater? A warm fan. Radiator? <laughs> anyway, transform into all those things, but maybe also let them transform into more things. Maybe let them take on items and then use their properties uh, as he fights. Uh, he's a little ghosty. He can face yeah. through things. I support that. It's uh, real sweet. I don't know. He's my favorite yeah. Pokemon. Love him to death. Want to see and him Rotom's like a legacy character, too. It's not just like a Gen 4 transformation thing that left. Like, he's the Pokedex now. Yeah. There's yeah. some, like, real genuine, like, reason to include Rotom. Yeah, so that's he's pretty cool. On a, he's taken on a whole new importance. Yeah. Um, so my next pick, again, we're kind of going a little wild, going a little crazy. Um, but I think the Nintendo Wii should be what? a playable Smash character. Okay. Like the Wii itself. I think, I, I think, <laughs> and, 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 and I'm trying to figure out if it should be like the nunchuck and the controller or if it should be like the actual console itself. I think it should or be combination, the reckless like, like it's all, like they're the arms man. of the controller that's also a really good option. I just want some kind of personification yeah. of the Wii. Again, kind of like Reggie, I think it's time. I think it's time that we recognize the cultural impact, the the, the importance of the Wii. Um, and, and, and uh, you know, do I know how it would look in terms of gameplay? No. But do I feel it in my heart that it's a necessary addition to the roster? 100%. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, hey... When we, I, I don't, <laughs> I, 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 I think that it could really win over some new fans too. Maybe some people who only use the Wii, you know, kind of stepped back from Nintendo for a little while. They see their old friend. It can bring them back as customers. They start <laughs> like, playing Smash Bros. Let me play as this rectangle. I think it's a good mark. Exactly. I think it's a good marketing move. Um, okay. And so, so yeah, that's that's my, uh, I guess that's probably my peak weird one. But I think, why not throw consoles in, right? We're already getting self-referential. They got Rob, so. you know? Quite yeah. different, but yeah, no, you know. Um, so, yeah, my a, fourth is uh, Toad. I think I see a lot of people talking about, like, Captain Toad, or really, that's it. No one is like, Toad can hold his own, but Toad can hold his own. He's got, look, if you get that magic wand, like, rod thing as a weapon for smash attacks, or really kind of just anything you want to do, um, that's a great, like, easy model swap to turn into a pickaxe from Captain Toad for when you've got the alternate and you have Captain Toad as a costume swap. Um, so, like, throw the, the rod from Mario 3 in there and throw, like, a Mario Kart as a side beat. Easily turns into a mine cart when you're Captain Toad as an alt color. Um, like, I really just think that, first of all, it's a crime that we're five... Six games in, five games, whatever, however you want to count it, really. And Toad's not there. He's just a guard for Peach. Um, it's really absurd. Toad is like one of the... Toad is the fourth Mario character. Literally the fourth one who ever showed up. <laughs> and we've got yeah. the Koopal- all the Koopalings and Rosalina and a Piranha Plant. Yeah. And Dr. Mario yeah. didn't even go to med school. Yeah. Med school is we not got, even real in the Mushroom Kingdom. It's not a profession. And yet Dr. Mario... Anyway... 
Look, Toad, totally reasonable. I think we gotta get Toad and Toadette, Captain Toad and Captain Toadette, and then the four members of the Toad Brigade, and that rounds out your eight color swaps. Um, yeah. But Colin, we could have Dr. Pink Gold Beach. I don't know. I, uh, is that real? I don't know. The Dr. Mario world is, is too crazy at this point. Uh. Another thing we missed on the news. That's probably real. <laughs> Dr. Boo is coming to Dr. Mario World this week. Okay, so I guess we're down to my number five. And number five? <laughs> number five. Uh, so I, I alluded to wanting to talk about this earlier, but really my number five is make some more damn Echo Fighters. All right. Like, we've got a lot of characters that have alternates in their own universes. So a good example, you know, Luigi. And Super Paper Mario, his alter ego, Mr. L. Yeah, That would be yeah. fantastic. Great Do costume. That. Great costume. I don't know. He can make Luigi a little more suave. He already tries to be suave, but he'd really be suave. He succeeds to me. Mm-hmm. Pac-Man. We don't have to be discriminatory. Throw in Ms. Pac-Man. Ms. Pac-Man. Owned by Midway, though. Separate licensing battle. I know. Is but weird, still, but Nintendo right. can make dreams happen, especially in Dreamland. Or how about Dixie Kong? Combo of Donkey Kong with his sort of spinning up B, and then Diddy Kong with his little agility moves. Yeah. Lots of characters you can mine that are that are already alts in some fashion. Shadow to the Hedgehog, Janine, yeah, Sephiroth. Yeah. <laughs> Sephiroth, that would be a trip. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so the, my final, my final picks. Uh, it's a collective Sword Word and Shieldbert from the uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield Endgame. Uh, they're just too funky looking to not be put elsewhere. I think I, <laughs> I think that they belong in Smash because they look just so weird. Uh, their hair is fantastic. They're like the villains of the post game. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Dude, okay. Look them up on the internet. Look at how they oh, physically but do I exist. Want it spoiled though. Probably not. But are you gonna finish? Uh maybe probably not. Yeah, I don't know. Let's see. Okay. They they are my friends, and I want to see them. What is with their hair? Exactly. Oh, I probably peaked. Exactly. <laughs> oh my exactly. god. That's how they okay. fight. Do you Smash see Smash. exactly? Okay. Do you see why they need to be Smash characters now? <laughs> no, I mean this. <laughs> this negative helps. <laughs> I just think we're, we're we're on opposite ends of this of the same spectrum, buddy. I, I think, don't know. Um, I'm a fan. Good. <laughs> well, okay. I'll raise you something because this actually is a great transition into my fifth character. Oh, okay. Listen, listen. You know how. You play as Pokemon Trainer, and you send one Pokemon out at a time, and there's one trainer in the background. Like, good job, Ivysaur. You're really doing great, Ivysaur. You know? Yeah. Here's my pitch. Two trainers (laughs) in the background. It's Jesse and James. (laughs) Meowth is the only one fighting. You play as me. You play as talking me out. I think this and he's is like, fantastic. Whatever he says, whatever right. garbage that guy says. 
Jesse and James are the Pokemon trainers in the background. Oh, that's fantastic. Always like me out. You're so bad at this. Ah, whatever. <laughs> I don't know. They're assassin away like they sass all the time. And they have the perfect final smash, right? Blasting off again. They're blasting yeah. off again, right? Well, and any time that you knock me out back in the screens, like, ah, yay, 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 yay. I think, um, yeah, you got so, it, man. You, you just thank won. Thank you. Thank you. That's such an iconic, like, piece of Pokemon, and Meowth was intended in 64, and, like, it's, and they're in, the Jesse and James are in the games, they're in Pokemon Yellow, and Let's Go, and Masters, like, I don't know, it just seems like a cool way to round out the Pokemon roster, Um, and I know there's, like, a big Gen 1 emphasis, but it just feels like something's kind of missing there. And they're a cool way to flesh out the main cast. Yeah. It's a Meowth-shaped hole. Oh, I'm glad we ended this with earnestness. (laughs) Good. (laughs) It was necessary. (laughs) All right. Well, that is about it for uh, this week's episode. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Uh, If you like what you hear, please be sure to give us a quick positive rating on iTunes. It's a small act of support that really helps people find our show, which is good for them, it's good for us, and it's good for you guys to see our community grow. This week's outro music is the ARMS title theme remix by YouTuber Noteblock, so please visit their channel if you like what you hear. Finally, you can follow us all on Twitter. I am at Colin McIsaac. That's C-O-L-I-N-M-C-I-S-A-A-C. For some reason, I'm still on Twitter at Legend of Lex. <laughs> yeah, I'm on Twitter at Enalanes, E-N-A-L-A-N-E-S. Please join us next time for Spooky Month, where we'll talk more about Hyrule Warriors and Steve from Minecraft. Ooh. Until then, bye-bye. 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 Just kidding again, loyal fans. You wait till the end and ye shall receive uh, the eShop shout-out. Here we have Ben here, um, ready to talk about bug fables. Okay, here's my sales pitch. Did you like Paper Mario The Thousand Year Door? I loved it. Get bug fables. Okay, <laughs> great. Here's your shout-out, everybody. <laughs> um, explain a little more. Like uh, the bat- so the battle system, I know in particular is. I mean, first of all, everything is flat like Paper Mario. Um, yeah. But the battle system also is that like a one to one clone, pretty much, or does it have some so, intricacies that differ in some ways? All throughout Bug Fables, the the kind of trick it has is it like it sets you up with, hey, remember Thousand Year Door? Remember how much you loved that? And then you're like, oh yeah, it's just a clone of that. And then it's like, okay, and then here's the twist. It like kind of keeps doing that over and okay. over again. So when you first start with the battle system, it feels just you know identical to Paper Mario. 
Um, and then, like, as you get a little further into the game and, like, unlock more features and everything, then, like, you can see where the differences are. And a big one is that um, it kind of has more of a sort of traditional balanced party RPG feel instead of okay. just having, like, you know, super buff Mario and then whoever is sidekick of the week is yeah. that you swap out. Um, you have a team of three, and they all kind of have roles. Like, one's real tanky, one has magic, one has projectiles. And so you really get, the, like, that that um, that team of fighter feel, you know, where they all complement each other well. And, you know, they, they have combo attacks, too, like in Paper Mario. But that allows them to, um, you know, instead of having, like, one character who's the main character and then eight characters who get, like, you know, a tiny little bit of story here and there, they can kind of really focus on all three of their main characters and, like, give them backstories and their kind of own, like, optional side quests where you learn more about them. Oh, cool, and, okay. yeah, you know, it all ties in with, like, a, a deeper battle system, too. Um, and one thing you can do that's new in the battle system is you have the ability for any one of your three fighters to forfeit their turn and give it to one of the other two at the cost oh. of their um, their attack being slightly reduced. Hold up. So they forfeit their turn and their attack is reduced like for the ba- the rest of the battle? No, no, the, the person that they give the extra turn to, oh, I the, see. the extra turn's a little weaker. Okay, okay. But yeah, you know, it'll help you if, like, you know, whatever, uh, there's, like, a flying enemy and the only person who can hit the flying sure. enemy is, you know, passed out or whatever. Yeah, it's it's for stuff like that. Or if, you know, one person just has a really good special attack and you want to get them to use it twice in a row, you can by having someone else forfeit. Well, cool, uh, that so sounds really good. there's lots of nuances. Yeah. And, like, um, the badge system returns pretty much oh, verbatim, great. except awesome. each individual party member... Um, he, like equips badges. It's not just like you equip a badge for the whole team. So it's a lot more of a customized loadout for each character. Okay. Um, and the battle system that they jump you into, is it sort of like late game Paper Mario, where you've got the stars and the power-ups and the spells and all that already? Or do they sort of ease you into it? Like, could a new player uh, just pick this up and no, enjoy it's, it? No, it's definitely not the late game. It's, it's eased cool. in and you unlock powers as you go. The one thing is, there isn't really an equivalent of the star powers. You don't really have any, like just, you know, absolute trump card attacks you can pull out, mm-hmm. which um, it's kind of a mixed bag. On the one hand, I found, like, way more tense battles where I barely survived with one health and was like, wow, that was a good battle. Um, but on the other hand, there were also occasionally battles that felt, like, just a little tedious, you know, when you're doing, like, one, two, and three damage at a time or whatever. But also, sure. um, I will say that, like, the battle system is deeper than I had time to fully explore because I was trying to review a giant RPG, you know, in time to, sure. uh, you know, to, to hit my deadline of getting the thing. I think I had like eight days to, and it took oh, me like yikes. 50 hours to beat the game. So. Oh, wow. So it's long. It's a good solid, yeah, like, mm-hmm. that was yeah, going to be my next question. I thought it was maybe like 14 hours. Whoa. No, it is comparable in size to Thousand Year Door. It is wow. enormous for an indie game. And, um, yeah, it's got, you know, it's got puzzles and you know dungeons to explore and just everything you would expect in a paper mario game except all the characters are bugs <laughs> um well that's great what so like final thoughts this is not a fair question to either game but if someone uh were to choose and price can be a factor here bug fables is 24 dollars. uh this next one is 60 between bug mm-hmm. fables and paper mario origami king what would you recommend mm-hmm. If you are, you know, kind of a Paper Mario purist in the sense that you love the N64 and GameCube adventures, 
Bug Fables is absolutely just like that with a bunch of twists thrown on. So as a huge Thousand Year Door fan, I was completely sold on Bug Fables. And nice. you know, it's nothing against Origami King. It's just it's a very different experience than the core Paper Mario. Right. So right. If, if you miss that core Paper Mario, then Bug Fables is the answer, honestly. All right. Well, awesome. Dude, thank you so much for popping in here. And I know you got a busy week, but I hope you can sort of cool down and relax a little bit. Yeah, well, I mean, we're recording. Uh, it's it's Friday when we're recording. I don't know if that's going to get you in trouble when you publish, but uh, so we got so. the weekend coming up here. So yeah. <laughs> I uh, plan to take it a little easier then. Nice, so. good, good. Yeah, I yeah personally, for, my for brain just on. feels like a ball of iron melting through my eyes. <laughs> that's a <laughs> story yeah, for definitely. 2020. I think everyone feels that way. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right, buddy. Um, I guess I'll stop the recording button. Okay.